Thanks, Megan. So good morning, everybody. Um, it's nice to have some faces to be looking at and not just a camera screen. Um, so uh, as we've been journeying through um, this year in our different um, series, we've kind of finished each block or each series with a discussion with someone um, or with two people around that series. And so that's what we, Jesse and I, are going to try to do for you this morning. Um, I actually really enjoy listening to other people's, but I have a whole level of greater appreciation for those people who have now gone before us. <laughs> I think maybe Jesse would say the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so this morning we're going to journey through our series that we've been currently looking at, which has been entitled Walk This Way. Um, and that, that came from a verse in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 6. And it says, anyone who claims to be intimate with God must walk as Jesus did. So Neil opened up our series um, by looking at chapter 4 of John um, and the story of the woman at the well, which a lot of us are fairly familiar with. Um, and it talks, the story um, talks around how Jesus um, needed to go through Samaria, which was this land that Jews often avoided for many, many reasons. And it was a considered to be a place that Jews just didn't go. Um, and so for Jesus to have gone through was a really big deal. And when he went, he met this woman who was an outcast um, and who was rejected by her peers. But he, Jesus showed compassion to her. And in verse 29, it says, So the woman left her water jars and went away into town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Um, so sorry, Jesse. I was going to give you a chance to introduce yourself, but I just went on ahead there. So let me let me jump back a wee second. <laughs> um, so Jesse um, is going to answer a question about that in just a second, but first he's going to tell us just a little bit about himself for anybody who doesn't know. I th I thought we were just getting right into it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, my name is Jesse. Um, I'm the current resident American uh, for now um, uh, in Grace Community Church. Um, I am a husband and a father of husband of Anastasia and father of Lily, wherever she is. Who knows? Um, uh, what else do you want to know about me? Oh, I like coffee. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know, it's kind of obvious. Um, I really like coffee. I like making coffee. I like serving coffee. I like roasting coffee, um, among other hobbies. Uh, but those are my current favorites. And sometimes talking. About coffee. About coffee, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. So, uh, yeah. um, to jump back in then, so we, we were talking a little bit um, before this, and so one of the things we, we saw in this, in this um, sermon around the women at the well was how what we think of God affects our perspective, or sorry, our perspective on God affects how we deal with him, how we relate to him, what we think of him. Mm -hmm. um, and so do you have experience of this and, and what are your thoughts around that? Well, when thinking, of, when I was thinking about this and thinking about the, even like the, the story of the woman at the well and Jesus going through Samaria, which is what Neil talked about is great. Good job. You should all go back and listen to it as well. Because um, I had to like seven times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was great. Um, but you know, going through Samaria, and for Jesus, that would have been something that was quite, um, like, taboo in the day. Like, it probably wouldn't have been something that a normal person would have done in a Jewish context. Um, so, re thinking about it from that perspective and thinking about, like, my life, like, if it's about looking like Jesus, if we're talking about walking like Jesus, if we're talking about acting like Jesus, 
um, it's kind of like a WWJD sticker kind of <laughs> stuck on you, you know, like uh, in a way. But like just to remember that if under that context, if I'm thinking about it I, in my life, I think about sometimes um, that story kind of hits in two ways. One is like a missional perspective, right? So it's kind of like in my life when I'm going through life, I'm thinking about that story and how does it apply to me in, in terms of how do I reach people? Because, um, like, what, what did Jesus do, right? He went out. He went to places that were really awkward to him. They he actually well, uh, were meant to be awkward for him, but he just didn't care. He just kind of seemed to, you know, run right on through it. And he seemed to just, like, go right on through and not even stop and not even think about it almost in a way. Or maybe he did. Maybe he counted those costs. Maybe he knew exactly what he was getting himself into and those thoughts went through his brain, but he went and did it anyway. So when I come to that perspective, when I come to that moment, I think about it with my life. Well, what, what do I do when, when the most awkward things happen? You know, what do I do when, when I'm making coffee in a coffee shop and someone walks in and, like, maybe they're just off and they are completely, like, like I've had times where people walked into, into the shop that I worked and they were just... They, they were drunk out of their mind, and they just they just need some escape. They need somewhere else to go. And from that perspective, what do you do? Like, wh- uh, what do you do in those moments where um, you're going out of your way to serve somebody? Like, um, like having to sit outside of a coffee shop for a half hour to get some volunteer who's not even, like, staff. At one point, you know, I had to sit outside of a coffee shop, and you're just sitting there ch- talking to a guy who barely understands you. And... He's not probably going to get everything you say, but you're going to sit there with him and you're going to listen to what he has to say and what he wants to get off his chest. Mm-hmm. So it's like being like Jesus. So it's missional. And then secondly, I know I'm, I know I'm talking a lot, which is great. Uh, uh, maybe not for you, but for me, it's great. Because uh, in my head, I was going to have like two minutes worth of nothing and uh, that was it. Um, and then the second one, right? This, is, this one is actually more important than the first for me. It's like sometimes, right? And I know this is weird, but sometimes we become our own Samaria. Um, and I hope this ties in with some of the other weeks as well. And it's almost like the opposite. It's like you feel like maybe you are, <laughs> you're the one who needs the work. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're the one who needs Jesus to show up at that well. And you need him to speak into your life. Um, it can look different in a lot of different ways because that story can be so broad in so many ways. But in my life, I always think there's moments where I get caught up in my own thoughts. You get caught up in, uh, maybe there's like a, uh, I don't know if the rest of you do it, but I do it for me, uh, where you have these boxes. You t- like if you tick those boxes, you feel like sometimes you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I read today, if I read my Bible today, if I listen to a Christian podcast, I think I'm doing well. Um, if, if, I, uh, if I pray that day, I'm doing well. And if I tick all these boxes every single day, then I've got it. Mm-hmm. But then the flip side happens. Sometimes we flip it on our head and we have all of these lists that we have to tick. And if we don't tick them, we're like, like in a way we feel like we're drifting. And mm-hmm. we're drifting away. We're like, uh, we're almost becoming these awful Christians, whatever that means. Um, and so in a way, we do this to ourselves. And that's not at all what the story tells us, but we can sometimes do that. And I think sometimes I do that in my head, and I, I'm constantly having to come back and like reset and say that's not at all what Jesus was really trying to say. 
I could probably keep going, but I won't say anymore. Yeah, no, I think um, I think the way Neil shared about it um, when he emphasised that verse where um, the woman runs back to her her people and says, "Come and meet a man who's told me like all I've ever done in my life." Like I think it never quite hit me how her whole life, all the things she'd ever done, had been labelled with guilt and shame and rejection, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, actually, she has this joy about about someone knowing all these things because he didn't reject her because of because of that and so yeah absolutely um it's a really uh, yeah I think for me that was just that hit hit me in a fresh way when I when I heard it this time and and that that sense of you know like God knows but he's not mad for sure was was a big a big part of it that, that hit me and so um yeah, when we're, when we're looking at this story, we see that Jesus does go out of his way, like we said, and then that sort of leads us well into week two, where David brought out um, the way of power, and, and that was found, um, he, he used the Good Samaritan to talk about that. Um, and we see in the Good Samaritan how, um, again, this man who would have been the least um, expected hero of the story to be the one that went out of his way to help someone. Um, and David used this quote, which I thought was really interesting. It was by Henry Nouwen, and it says, I'm speaking of leadership in which power is constantly abandoned in favor of love. And I know that was one that stood out to you, Jesse. So do you have some thoughts around that? I, still like I'm, I feel like I'm still trying to wrap my head around that quote, David. Like, um, I don't, maybe it was, you stole it, so, but that's okay. It's a good quote. Uh, um, but it, I feel like when I hear quotes like that, for me personally, um, again, you can take it so many ways, but for me personally, um, I think about um, just obviously the things around me and what's going on and um, abandoning uh, power in favor of love to me looks like not doing the things that I personally always want to do, right, around, around even my circle. So my example for that would have to be with my friend circles. Um, so a lot of times we got stuck into this, at least in the places I've been around, you get stuck into this circle of people and this circle of friends. And within that circle, you have influence and you have you feel like you have this power in a way. And I, that probably looks different at different capacities for a lot of people, but I don't feel like I have a lot of like corporate power, but <laughs> whatever, that's beside the point. Um, but it's all about the it's all about me and my friend circle and what influence I have. So, um, in a way, sometimes we get we we close our circles because it's comfortable and it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like dare I say, sometimes we so show up at church and we only talk to the same people we always talk to. Maybe not here, but you know, so at times you can just find yourself talking to people you're very comfortable with. You know them. Mm-hmm. You. You um, you share common things with even like you and and to me I've always for whatever reason I've always been on that mindset I just I, I, I struggle to, to do that I feel like I've always been the one running away from the circle uh, I, maybe that's just something that God wants me to do and that's what I try to do but uh, there's even funny stories like I could tell you about my youth group growing up uh, it, it was so bad but it's so funny as well but. Um, I used to, whenever my friends would like, uh, my friends would be in this circle, they would start to do this thing and it started to feel kind of almost clicky where people would almost just hang out with certain people. Mm-hmm. And I was just always walking into the middle of their circles, like, hey guys, what's going on? And they were talking and having their own time and I'm just kind of walking into their circles and 
just trying to figure out what's going on, how they are. And they were probably getting annoyed with me more than I was helping. But in my head, I just couldn't stand the thought of uh, people not being able to walk into a circle. So uh, walk into this like almost awkward moment. Uh, well, even if it's awkward, it might not be awkward. You just think it might be. Um, you but know, I JC, you know, he uh, embraces awkward really well. Yeah, <laughs> like you just go for it. Like you just go for it. Uh, but like for me, that kind of sounds like there's always space for one more. Always leave space for one more in your circle. Um, I don't know. It's just something, a habit I've done over the years that even even physically walking up to people or if even if I'm talking to someone and there happens to be a group that forms, I always like take a step back and open it up for one more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. There's always space for one more. And like it's maybe not the best parallel to the story. Uh but from that quote, uh, it's like it's fantastic when you when you think about it. Like the the Good Samaritan, Jesus is always going after one more. It's not necessarily his group. He's always going after somebody, and he's always going after you. He's always going after me. Um, so yeah, that's my yeah. Thought. And he uses the people we don't always expect to teach us a lot about himself as well, doesn't he? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So great. So um, the next week was was Easter week, and so that was just like in a, a sort of short talk if you like so um we didn't have that recorded or anything but but neville just basically used the time to remind us of the way of hope and how much hope there is in the easter story and and i was saying to jesse earlier i was like you know it's funny how especially when you grow up in church um you become really familiar with stories and sometimes you can kind of glaze over a little bit when you're reading them you don't quite see the same thing you did when you first first read them and um, actually, for me, that's something that I love when when you're doing when you're teaching the kids um, about the Bible and when you're when you're doing um, kids church because they see it with fresh eyes and they they pick out things and they ask these like crazy questions that you would never think to ask and so um, yeah, just I think actually found um, what what Neville shared that Sunday just really refreshing um, to be reminded just how much wonder and hope um, there is in the Easter story um, and just to be reminded of that afresh as we try to walk in in the way of the way of hope as well um, and so then Neil brought us on to the next week which was um, around asking is there space for doubt is there space for questioning in in our faith and um, we looked at the um, the Great Commission which for many of us again if, if you've been around church for any length of time particularly around dropping for any length of time um, the Great Commission is a passage that you are surely familiar with um, but just before Um, the Great Commission, there's a small verse, which again is one of those ones that's really easy to look over when it's a passage that you're familiar with. Um, But it says that then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Um, And Neil brought out that actually some scholars think that some of them, it was the case that actually all uh, all worshipped and all doubted, but we're not sure. But for sure, we know that there was some doubt in the room, even though they'd seen the resurrected Jesus. And so, again, Neil brought out the question, how is it possible that we can see the resurrected Jesus and still not believe? So, go for it, Jesse, give us the answer. (laughs) What are are your thoughts about that? I I definitely have an answer. I I think there's just, there's a couple of things maybe to, like, think about, but, like, like, I don't know, put yourself in that room, and I, uh, like, put your, you're your face to face with Jesus, you're looking at him, he just died, he's risen again, and he's like, he's done literally everything he said he was going to do, and you still maybe don't fully understand it, 
But like, if I'm looking there and I'm like, I'm trying to just be open-minded as possible, I'm almost like, I'm like freaked out in a way, maybe. Like, like, like imagine like you died and you came back to life and like somebody, like if you died, I'm standing there, you came back to life. I'm looking after three days and you're, I'm, I'm just going, right, okay, this is not normal. Um, obviously there's those questions when we're, uh, when we're talking about doubt. Um, there's those questions in your mind. Like it could have freaked people out. It could have been just something very simple. Could have been something more deep and complex where they were completely following him the whole way and they were all like, like still maybe questioning the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, po it's very possible that th those, those things, they were following him the entire time. It's very possible and they still couldn't quite get their head around it. I think people, people still need time. If you're in, the, if you're in those moments of, of doubt, people are still, you're going to need time. Mm -hmm. And if you come across people who are dealing with that, they're going to need time, right? They're going to need that space to really work it out. Mm -hmm. And why would you not want them to, yeah. right? In my head, and even for me personally, there would, it would be worse for someone to doubt and never have the space to be able to question it and work it out and like, and then just walk away mm -hmm. versus have the time to work it out, to look at it, to say what's bothering them, to go and like, and to ask people like about these things that are bugging them that they can't quite wrap their head around. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like that is a, such a space, safe space. And hopefully we as a church and we as a body of believers are, are what word am I looking for? We're, we're secure enough mm -hmm. that we can say that's okay. Like, like I don't, I can't think of anything else that's better. And then I think the other thing too is that for a Christian, if you've been a Christian a while, and for whatever reason, like there's all these different scenarios of where doubt plays on people's minds, and maybe it is one of those scenarios where they feel like they've kind of strayed away, and all of a sudden, oh well, I'm not doing good enough here. Quote whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, if they have the answer for that, please let me know. I'd love to learn what that means. But like, th like, there's no such thing as you're you're doing. Almost in a way, there's almost no such thing as you're doing good enough. Like, y you don't have to do good enough. Like Jesus did everything. L go to him. Look at him. Which is one of my points that I think I wanted to make. It's like, at least if you're doubting, at least if you're struggling with certain topics, right? Just look at Jesus. Look him in the face, right? If you're standing in that room, you at least had to face Jesus, right? Look him in the face. Work it with, Je work it out with Jesus. Obviously, among others, ask people, but like at least look him in the face. Don't just say I'm doubting and then head for the hills. Mm -hmm. Like give him, give him, work it out. Like struggle with it. Like, like seriously, w dig into it and like um, share it with people you trust and who. Uh, and Neil even talked about it as like one of my favorite things. So work it out with people. Mm -hmm. Work it out with the believers around you. Even if they're not believers, just talk about it. <laughs> like I, you might not get the right answer, but I have faith enough in the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I have faith enough in the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Yeah. And like, so if I have doubts and I have, if I have struggles with certain things where I go, oh, how can, oh God, how could you have let that happen? How could you do that? I work it out with him. I look him in the face. And I still, even if I don't come to a, a conclusion I think is logical or because I'm very logically minded sometimes and I, I'll, you know, I just think this has to equal this, has to equal this. 
God's ways are bigger than our ways. And there may be times we just don't understand how or why. Mm. Like, and I know that's hard to understand. And it's not just easy to accept, but it's okay. Mm. It's okay to think those things. And I think that was one of my major things. It's like, at least look him in the face. Yeah. At least work it out with him, yeah. right? Work it out with Jesus. Even say what's, say what's like getting at you, you know? Like, just go at it. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something I like about that. I don't know if that's entirely helpful, but I hope it is. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the key things about this verse, doesn't it? It gives us actu- it actually gives us permission to doubt, because Jesus didn't turn his back on these people, even though um, the the Bible clearly says that some doubted. <laughs> um, he didn't turn his back on these people, and so that that gives us the f- the freedom and the permission to doubt. And um, I know for me, actually, um, particularly when I was at Bible college, I was kind of into this new environment of people. Um, and a lot of people who had probably a lot better knowledge and understanding of the Bible and who knew, or it felt like anyway, knew a lot more than I did. And um, I remember in that season, I think God sort of brought me on a journey in that and, and just embracing being comfortable with not knowing the answer and not having to know the answer when, when questions are being thrown around as, you know, well, maybe Paul didn't write the letters or maybe he did. And, you know, like <laughs> when things like that come up and um, when there's debates around that. And I think, well, ultimately, I believe I believe the Bible is from God and I believe in who God is. And and sometimes that's just got to be enough. <laughs> and you hold on to that in those moments of doubt. Yeah. And uh, there's something else about that as well. And I think I don't know if we're moving on to the next question yeah. or if we have time, but there's something about um, if getting stuck in the mindset of we constantly have to be winning, mm. right? If we're constantly at the top of the hill or the top of the mountain, right? We constantly feel like we have to feel like we're winning. And I, I'm just not so sure in my life now at this point that that is entirely true. Mm. Like sometimes you hear people, oh yeah, God will bless you. And like if you're if you're financially stable, God blesses you. Um, and which is true, right? But sometimes we get just stuck in only that. Like where if everything's good all the time and you're not doubting, you're doing well, you know, you feel like you're ticking all the boxes, um, you're financially stable, all those kind of things, like all those, uh, quote, blessings, which are blessings from God. uh, But sometimes we forget that, like, there's also moments in life that we're in, like, valleys. Mm -hmm. And it was actually one of my, uh, like, a rapper I listened to, which is great. It's a Christian guy. He was speaking... um, a sermon, and he was talking about, you know, sometimes we get stuck in this this gospel of winning. You know, we think we have to be, like, always winning for every th- for God to be with us and God to be speaking to us, and it's just it's just not true. Like, there, it, with life, and, like, there are ups and downs, but Jesus, and he is there with us in all of them at the very bottom, at the very um, hardest core things that we can think of that, sh- that we struggle with and that, that uh, we have questions around and that we have doubts around. Um, like he's right there. He's just as much God in there than he is at the very top yeah. and everywhere and everything in between. Um, I, I just felt like that was something that was important. I kind of was thinking about it, really wanted to share. Yeah, no, thank you, Jesse. That's great. Um, and so our last week, um, Neville brought us into the book of Romans um, and he talked um, around so it was Romans 12, and he talked about the the, past, or the verses where it talks about transforming, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and so I suppose it kind of like overlaps all of these things a bit, because all of this 
um, is a constant transformation, isn't it? All of it is like a constant journey. And so um, I suppose, is this like, what does this look like for you? Um, or well, I, I've come to this point now where like, I literally have to feel like I renew my mind every single day <laughs> because like, uh, I feel like, I don't know, I'm only 26, but I feel like the older I get, I can't believe I'm saying that, the older <laughs> I get. <laughs> Uh, but the older I get, the more time I spend um, around other people, like even broader circles than what I'm currently in. Like, you know, you keep reaching out. It's like, it's, a, it's not a good thing to be stuck in a rut of your mindset being the same all the time. Uh, unless it's perfectly focused on Jesus and you've got it down 100%, then stick there. But, like, when you come to a moment where you think you have to, like, when I think I have to do it a certain way, mm -hmm. and it has to be this way, and you have to, um, uh, you have to, like, worship a certain way. Your worship set or your Sunday service has to be the same way as everyone else did it, does it. I just, what? I just, like, part of me renewing my mind is, like, being ready for anything, being being open to, to God moving in any kind of way. And even just looking at the story of Jesus and you like look at all the different types of things he came across. Like if he said, nope, it has to happen this way, it has to happen this way, and it has to happen this way. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Jesus would have done so well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking a little bit childishly, but like renewing your mind, you, get you, can, you can get stuck in a place or um, some examples like you can like, you can have this time at work where where things just go downhill really quickly or something just goes really bad, right? And so you can choose. You can choose two paths. You can choose to react uh, in a way that's like kind of your what you want to react in, like, oh, you know, I really want to, you know, hurt somebody. Uh, <laughs> or you can choose to, like, catch yourself in that moment, renew your mind, uh, uh, change, like, almost change your mind as well about the way that you want to see it and renew it to the thing, the way that God sees it, right? And I feel like I constantly have to check myself in that. And it, it's fantastic. You know, those times where you do catch yourself and you catch yourself from reacting a certain way and you, you know you've renewed your mind and you go, Jesus, this is how you want to see it. This is how you want it done. And, and then when you do that, um, th things change. Things change quickly and things change so much better. Even if, even if it, the whole situation turns out maybe not the best, but it, you still know that you did it God's way. You did it the way that Jesus would have showed you to do it, and you, you did stop and you thought before you reacted. Mm -hmm. So for me, I guess renewing my mind is something that I have to continually do all the time. I have to keep asking myself questions in those moments um, and not be stuck in a certain way. No, that's great, and I think I think it is a choice, isn't it? Like we have the choice to allow our, our minds to be renewed or to to allow ourselves to stay to stay where we're put. So, just uh, finally, the sort of last question that Neville was kind of bringing up was around legacy. Um, and I know when we were talking earlier, we feel like we might be on the young end to be thinking too much about our legacy, but uh, <laughs> we're going to try. So, um, I suppose in closing, as we try to walk um, the way that Jesus walked, what what are your thoughts around legacy? And uh, uh, I'm 26. <laughs> is that a is that a hap happy, ha helpful answer? Uh, um, uh, they they say when you get like 40 plus, you start thinking more about legacy. Maybe 
Um, but to me, in my current moment of life, um, legacy to me just sounds like an example you show. Um, like I honestly, I'm just being honest, I really don't think about it that often. I don't think about, oh yeah, when I, when I die or when I am gone from this earth, what are people going to think of me? <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm young, maybe I'm just ignorant and I'm, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it must be. Maybe because uh, he'll sound like an old Irish man at that I, stage I, Honestly, <laughs> I, I really don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This place has changed me so much. Uh, uh, but legacy to me sounds like an example. Uh, so when I walk through my life and I go through my everyday life, um, I do honestly at times think about, like, what example do you want to show? Like, not just for my, my daughter, not just for people around me, but, like, just in general. Like, like if you meet a stranger um, walking down the street from you and you cross paths with them, and, I like, maybe I don't smile at them that day or something. <laughs> uh, like, like, I don't know. That I, just, I just believe that even a smile can change someone's life. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's, like, s- it sounds really stupid, actually. But, like, it can. Like, you know, like, y- if you show up... Um, People always complained in America, like if you go to Walmart, um, you always get like terrible service there, um, or like terrible customer service, and uh, or whatever for whatever reason. I know Walmart carries its like you know things. Shout out to Walmart. Uh, but I always thought I never had a bad experience at Walmart, right? I never did, and the reason is because I when I was walking into Walmart, I wasn't walking in for someone else to serve me. Like, I don't expect when I get up to the till that that person has to treat me right. Like, to me, it's example. So, like, I, they don't have to treat me nice. They don't. They can absolutely treat me awfully. But what I'm go- what I'm go- when I go up to the till, when I go talk to somebody who's doing their job, my goal and my hope is that when by the time I leave them, that at least, you know, even if it's this much, even if it's this much, that their life improved maybe a little bit because, well, it's just maybe it's a big dream, maybe it's a big ask, but maybe they saw Jesus just a little bit mm-hmm. or maybe it looked a little different. I'm not expecting them to automatically understand that I was trying to be like Jesus and I hope that I was, but, uh, you know, uh, but like even just a little bit, mm-hmm. like it, it's like simple things like that. It's, it's the in the little tiny insignificant things that I find that like, leave an example, always, like, I always wanted to be that type of person that was, like, you know, like, I would, I would want to look back and say I was proud of doing that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, so I don't know, maybe that's just it, I, it looks more like example, um, trying to, anyway, and attempting, doing the best I can, and, you know. That's great, Jesse, thank you so much, and it sort of reminds me of that quote, I think it was um, Maya Angelou that said it, and it's, like, people remember, they won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Um, and so, yeah, I think if that's your legacy, if that was my legacy, I know I think I would feel like that was a legacy to have a bit of pride in. So, anyway, but thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you for agreeing to do this uh, conversation. Let me just pray for you. Um, and then I think Neil's going to close up for us. So, yeah, Father, we just thank you for this time. God, we thank you for Jesse. We thank you for his heart and his desire just to. Um, be that person that shows um, 
reveals you in his words and his actions um, and how he treats people. Um, and yeah, God, we just thank you for, for the man that he is. God, we thank you for the husband that he is and the father that he is. Um, we thank you for how he um, just follows you at your pace, um, how he waits on you, how he listens for your voice. Um, and yeah, God, we ask just for your blessing on him we, and, and his family. Um, and yeah, may they just know your presence really close with them. In Jesus' name, amen. wonderful amy thank you so much um for leading that jesse for your contribution um i, I don't need to add to it but i just want to say i just want to communicate once again what it is that we're trying to do here because i think that is it is important i think i'd be guilty of over communicating so that's not a bad thing but for those of you, for those that are watching in you can't see the way that we're set up at the minute but the idea, the, the, idea of, the idea of this morning, the idea of moving, trying to shift from constant monologue to dialogue, I think is really important. And I think that's why I love this series that we're doing. And we are going to just push in a wee bit more on this Walk This Way series. Because we, we look at Jesus in Luke and we see him constantly sitting around tables. And I think it's important. And, I and I, the reason why I wanted to come up is because the guys both said it that often. It's like something happens face to face that will not happen any other way. I think of the resurrection account. Something happened when Mary turned her face toward Jesus. Something happened on the road to Emmaus when the two guys that were walking shoulder to shoulder sat around the table and broke bread. It was then that they toward him. That's what his constant posture was toward us. And so physically, we want that. To, I know our, our space is limited here, but there's something beautiful for me to worship over here and being able to see almost everybody's face. Couldn't see, couldn't see everybody. Christine stuck her face out sometimes if I could see it. But I, but I could see everybody's face in worship. I could see everybody as we're dialoguing around this conversation that Amy and Jesse were leading us in. And I just think there's something so rich about that. There's something that we're wanting to model here that I think that Jesus modeled for us, that it's turning face to face, that it's extending the circle. Because for me in my head, the row will come to an end, but you can always widen the circle. There's always room for one more, and I love that, Jesse. There's always room for one more. And I think there's always room for one more when we're, do where we're doing it face to face, even with our doubts. I love what you've done, Jesse. Like we can, we, if we... If we we remain in that face-to-face, -face, even with our doubts and our fears, and not walk away. Like, I think we can walk away if we're, we're looking at the back of somebody's head. It's harder to walk away when we're doing it face-to-face. -face. And so that's what we're wanting to model, even in our physical space here. That's what we're wanting to model on these Sundays whenever uh, Amy and Jesse turn face-to-face -face and say, what is it that the Lord's saying to you? What is, it that he's, what, is, what is it that he's communicating to you that would be helpful and beneficial? Don't want just one voice standing up here at the front as a, as a monologue. We want the dialogues, work this all out together face to face, continuing to extend the circle, modeling that really well for this beautiful community that Jesus, is, his goodness is running after them. So, um, so thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you for those that have joined us.
Um, that is our heart, is what we're, what we're doing here, wanting to, to model as best as we possibly can. So, Father, would you help us in that? And Holy Spirit, uh, would you, when we find ourselves in those moments where we just need you to speak, would we have, um, would we just uh, hear clearly from you? And um, I go, maybe, maybe Jesse and Amy are too young to think about legacy. I, th I think I'm still a wee bit too young to think about legacy. But, but, but the question that we want to leave ourselves all with today, what impression are we going to leave? And maybe we haven't got the legacy yet, but we all are going to leave an impression. And so whether it's in the supermarket, at the till, what impression are we going to leave as we walk away? Um, so yeah, Holy Spirit, help us with that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. And everybody else that has contributed to this morning, thank you, Andrew team, worship team, and uh, hopefully Tamar can hear me, um, who has helped us with the computer at the back. Thank you so much, Tamar. Bless you all.